0: Welcome, friends, to episode number two of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure that their projects are of the highest quality and a show that provides strategies and concepts to help ensure that you can address quality control on all of your projects. I am your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer, and in this episode of the Quality Control Podcast, I want to begin talking to you about the five-part framework of quality control and discuss the first concept, the first portion of this framework, also known as gather. So let's jump right in. Now let's look at the first aspect of the great framework for quality control, and that is the G, and that is gather. So gather is more than likely even second nature for a lot of experienced professionals, and this emphasizes determining what the expectations are for the deliverable. Those with less experience may not think about this step as something they need to do, but it's really a step that's focused on really understanding what the end goal is. And this can largely focus on regulations, federal, state, local jurisdictions, from counties, municipalities, townships, boroughs, and the list goes on. Each have their own set of rules. Perhaps they have specific details or specific standards or guidances for how to perform a design or what they expect a project to look like. A lot of it's outlined in, say, zoning code. Other jurisdictions don't have zoning code. You have this wide range of hundreds of thousands of jurisdictions across the United States and across the world with different interpretations of rules, different interpretations of code. And this may apply to different phases, and it may apply to different projects that may cross jurisdictional boundaries and other things like that. But you really got to know what the rules are from a jurisdictional and a regulation point of view, because if you review them to say, a standard for a certain jurisdiction that you do a lot of work in, but this jurisdiction may have more rules or more expectations. When that happens, then you may become less focused on what needs to happen to meet their expectations while you're trying to meet expectations that don't necessarily apply. And really understanding that out of the gate is extremely important. Another major aspect of any civil engineering project is the client's expectations. As I mentioned in the first episode, I believe that civil engineering and the work that we do in all of engineering is a very different professional service. So we're being hired to deliver our knowledge, our expertise, give guidance, and do things that we have trained and learned for decades for some of us. But at the end of the day, the client... The person that hired you to do something is walking away with a -a one-of-a-kind, unique product to that specific scenario, whether it's a structural design, whether it's a geotechnical analysis and report on a property, whether it's a land development project with a subdivision or a commercial or industrial building. That is a -a one-of-a-kind product that they're essentially buying from you. And their expectations can range from timeframes, costs, and their specific desires. I was in a meeting actually earlier today, and we were talking about a land development project. And the way I look at land development projects and a lot of the engineering projects that I've worked on throughout my entire career is that it is their product. We are involved in that product and that job, that project, for only a limited amount of time. In the case of the meeting today that I was in, it's an industrial building. I'm going to spend probably two years working on it in the development process. There's another maybe two years of construction. And after that, we're done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm going to drive by it. I'm going to see it. I see other project sites all the time that I've worked on over the years. But that client has to deal with whatever we ultimately proposed. And if it's not what they want it, it's not what they expect it, then you've done a disservice and you haven't met their expectations. Now, each firm should at least have their own standards to be consistent, to produce a product that is consistent, especially when you get across multiple disciplines, multiple organizational structures, a firm standards, because you want to be able to produce the same product repeatedly. Yes, they're one-of-a-kind products that are never going to be repeated. You're not going to take one building from this site and necessarily put it on another site in the exact same way. The grading's going to be different. the site conditions are different, the environmental features are different, but all of that goes into those decision-making processes throughout our experience and our gain of knowledge, all of that information, it's so important to have standards, to have some expectation so that when somebody sees your product produced by your company, your employer, at the end of the day, that reputation matters. And if your company has a reputation of producing high quality of work and that they don't cut corners, they don't concede on standards, they don't concede just to satisfy a client's desires in an unethical or incorrect way, allowing, say, technical errors to slip by, unethical practices. But those standards that you fall back to will set that bar. It sets the bar for the new employees. It sets your bar for your experienced employees. And some client preferences certainly may supersede some standards, say a title block or the fonts and the symbols that they use on it or that they expect to be on the plans. It's important to think about those things and where you kind of have to interlace the client's expectations, the design team's expectations, along with your firm's expectations. And then ultimately, you have the engineering and architectural principles. There's a standard of care for engineering. And it's asking yourself if another engineer with similar experience and training and knowledge would be doing the same thing. Are you being true to this or are you working outside these boundaries? Do you have a lot of experience and are you ignoring that and not giving the best to each and every client, each and every project that you work on? Being ethical, being responsible. Yes, we're being hired by a client to produce a product. And I'm going to come back to that over and over again because I think the highest quality work that anyone ever does is work that meets the expectations of everyone. And I want to go beyond just meeting the expectations. I want to exceed the expectations. I want them to understand that at the end of the day, that we're giving them the best product that we possibly can, that we've worked with them, coordinated, and seen how a project evolves to meet all of the expectations from all of the different angles in the spider web of influences that include those regulations, that include the client's preferences and expectations, specific scenarios for a job, that interlaces how your firm's standards and what you expect. Obviously, maintaining and staying in touch with the current expectations and standards of the industry is valuable and very important. Listening to podcasts, staying up to date, and getting these other ideas gather is specific to a project, specific to a jurisdiction, but it's so much more than that. It's about paying attention, staying current, and being able to wrap your head around a project so that you can, in fact, exceed the expectations for your client, exceed the expectations for your design team, and do it in a manner and in a way that makes everybody look good. But in order to do so, you have to understand what the expectations are. So on your next project, I would strongly encourage you, even if you do this subconsciously, take a moment, slow down, tap the brakes, and make sure that you understand the expectations across the board of what that project is in a gathering process, in a gathering of knowledge, in a basis of information so that you can do the best quality control review and produce that best product. So now I want to transition to the power of experience segment. And we mentioned this in the introductory episode, but the power of experience segment is an opportunity to share something, a specific learning point, something that I've experienced that the guests that we are planning or having on this show can give you to take away and implement in your career right away. And in this one, I want to talk about how we must paint pictures in the work that we do as engineers. So, when I worked for 911, we always talked about painting a picture for the emergency responders. As a call taker, our job was to gather as much information as we possibly could from the caller. We would then relay that information to the emergency responders via a radio. So, the idea is that when the police officer or the firefighter where the ambulance arrives on the scene, they're walking into a circumstance and an environment that they at least have some awareness that the fire department is going there for a fire or are they going there for a gas leak? And if they're going there for a fire, is anyone injured? Are they going to get there and have people rolling out of the house or are there people trapped? If it's a medical call, are you going for laceration like an injured person? Or are you going because someone is in cardiac arrest? For police, are there weapons involved? Is it a robbery in progress? Or is it a noise complaint? Or a destruction of property complaint? Or is it an abduction in process? All of that information is gathered by a call taker and relayed by other dispatchers to those emergency responders. The job is to paint a picture in their mind. Those one-of-a-kind, unique products that we create as engineers have to do the same thing that that call taker does for that emergency responder. A professional, and I'm not saying necessarily the lay public, but when somebody picks up a set of plans that's familiar with that discipline, they should be able to understand the overarching goals of that project. They should be able to understand from that executive summary or the opening narrative of a report what the goal is of this report. It shouldn't be cryptic and inconcise. It should be oh, okay, this is a geotechnical report that analyzed XYZ. This is a subdivision plan that has 150 lots and has this much acreage. It really needs to paint a picture. It's a stormwater report that explains how we're addressing stormwater for our site. It's a wetland or an environmental report that describes what environmental features are on the site. It needs to paint a picture to those that are going to use that product, that deliverable. I was checking a project a couple weeks ago, and it was a drainage problem. And it showed a couple new inlets, showed a little bit of paving, showed some storm drain pipe, and that was it. It didn't tell you how deep the, the inlets were. It didn't give you a profile of the pipe. It didn't have on it like a paving section, like we're replacing paving, we're milling and overlaying. There was no direction provided to the contractor. The lay a client that was just like, I need to fix this drainage problem on my commercial site, he was all about it. He was like, that's probably the best thing. He just spent $5,000 for this plan. But as soon as he would have sent that original plan to a contractor we would have looked like fools because there was no directive. They would have had to make so many assumptions. As the engineer that was reviewing the plans, I didn't even understand what the goals of the project were when I first looked at it. Having clarity, looking at it from that outside point of view, and making sure that the work that we're doing paints pictures in the mind of the user is ultimately the goal that I have, everything I work on. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode and all episodes of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast at engineeringqualitycontrol.com and look for episode two. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors.